0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Um, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest with me. Pale Blue, man. How are you doing?
1: How's it going, Daniel? All good, man.
0: How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It is a real, real pleasure to be here with you today. Um, When you hit me up, you wanted to get this started, I was really, really ecstatic because you just came off the new single release, Mayhem. Talk to me. Talk to me about how that all just came into fruition. and. and (laughs) because I've been following you for quite a while now. And it, that style is, is a little bit different to what, you, you, what I've usually heard you do. You know, you, you're such a diverse artist in that sort of way you've done, you know, you, you rap, you've, you've sung before, you know, and we'll get on to the point blank performance later. That's how I first got in touch with you.
1: But, um, this new single yeah. man, talk to me. Um, yeah. So mayhem is very different to, to the normal kind of stuff I put out. I mean, a lot of the releases I've put out, um, I started off uh, putting out like kind of house and garage productions. That was about four or five years ago, and that was just on my SoundCloud and through like some free download pages and stuff like that, and some free labels. Um, kind of like put four or five of those out. Got a little bit bored. Um, started working on like you know hip hop projects and 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 other productions. But the main stuff I've got out on my Spotify um i've got this hip-hop tape from like i think 2018 Mm -hmm. um and then some DMB productions and then more recently a couple of collabs with a guy called luke uh, glacier he's a good mate of mine he's a wicked hip-hop vocalist but but mayhem's very different it's it's kind of what i want to do more with my my sound um just pushing it out of like kind of conventional sounding music i guess um and the track like the way it came about was like a super super simple process i was like really surprised because i've got tracks on my hard drive that i've spent like five years on and still haven't finished but like mayhem was like i think i i I made it in like two weeks wrote the bars like in the second week um i remember recording the the lyrics i was literally it was like three o'clock in the morning i was drunk i was on discord (laughs) I engaged with my pals and I was like I think I think we just like lost or something and I was just like oh do you know what? Gimme give, give me a few minutes. I recorded it and oh then just like God. quickly did a little mix, showed them it and I was like, oh yeah, this sounds good. And then um I ended up uh yeah, I think finishing it from like point A to point B was probably like just over a month. Um the production process was like really, really super, super quick. It was like I'd probably say I'd spent like less than, you know, like five hours producing it, maybe like five hours mixing it and a couple hours writing it. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably like twelve to fifteen hours the whole thing. Um I mean the song itself is like the chorus is just about like going out and, you know, causing mayhem per se. Like mayhem's just, you know, when you go and get drunk and you just you have a good up, time man. and you act a bit silly yeah exactly exactly um I mean like I went online and I think like there's several definitions of of mayhem like one was like violent disorder um, <laughs> which is that uh, violent disorder i'm I'm not sure about that but I think uh <laughs> there's a dictionary saying I think it mayhem. was yeah exactly there's like there's a few um a few definitions like i've just got them up now like criminal offense or willfully <laughs> maiming nah that's not what i'm going for Willfully okay maiming. rowdy disorder wow. yeah like maiming like mm. fucking oh. injuring yourself mm-hmm. like yeah I, I wasn't going for that mayhem <laughs> oh the, the okay. mayhem now, I, think, I was going for i think everyone's happy you've
0: like, now clarified that now <laughs> they can't cancel you now you know you talk, you're not actually maiming anyone <laughs>
1: it's okay exactly exactly um rowdy disorder it's like you know when you go out and you go to a club and you've had a few beers and you're just like you know being a bit rowdy with your mates Mm. that's it it's a bit of fun the the lyrics are i'd say the verses are a mixture of like being kind of i don't know conscious and deep which is kind of my style but also being quite playful and like you know Having a laugh, there's like a couple of lines in there where just people are just like, that's a really funny fucking line. And mm. what I love about this track as well is I, I think everyone I've showed it to has just been really supportive and like really enjoyed it from like a listener level. Um, because you know, it's often when you're surrounded by musicians as well, there's you can listen as a listener or like a musician, and people can get very, you know microscopic with certain things but I think this is the first track where it's like people been like yeah this is good you found your own style and I'm hoping to do more with it um, mm. it's it's been pretty well received um, yeah man
0: it's super like free-flowing like when I when I'm listening to what I'm hearing it is really like mm. you are just venturing off it's it's just you in that creative space you know where everyone if you've you seen the movie soul yeah a Disney movie? Yeah,
1: I have, I have. Yeah, everyone
0: yeah, talks about it. Yeah, and I love yeah. it because the way they describe the, the analogy, it's it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect, and I feel like that's what I yeah. imagine you in, just in your space, just going around, and it's fun, man. It's a fun, loose track, and it's it might be different to what you've done before, but like you said, show you have to show it to. I think with Stephen King that said, you ha- you'd have two types of feedback. you either have one type of feedback where you just give it to one person. That's what Stephen King does. He says the only person I give my work to is my wife to to double check and give me feedback. Because sometimes for me, if I give my work to about five, six other people, depending on their feedback, I can get in a bad mood. If one of them is like, oh it's good and the other one's like it's yeah. bad I get in a weird mood. If I give it to one person for me, it's good. But in your case you showed it to a bunch of musicians as well and they they were all were like, dude this is this is something special. I think that, that's my big thing that gave you that.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna say a hundred percent of them because there was like the chin scratch a lot that were like A couple of dudes that were like yeah i'm I'm not sure about this mix and that's also you've got to understand where i come from like a drum and bass background everyone is like it's so microscopic and Mm. you it's down to like so such minuscule things Uh, that people will notice it's it's a very like hedonistic geeky scene drum and bass Mm. so i remember showing a, a mix to a couple of dudes that were like pretty good engineers and they were like Oh well this maybe there's a little bit too much distortion on this one. I was like I this I was literally doing that for taste. Yeah. Like I wanted it to sound a bit like you know like too not too polished. And that's that's a lot of what my music is as well. Like I've I, I don't want it to be like really, really like clean scrubbed, shiny, yeah, clean. Like it's meant to be a bit raw, it's meant to be a bit mm-hmm. dirty. Um and yeah, I think I've I've done that with Mayhem. I've 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 kind of one kind of lifted my artistic integrity and and put my direction more on like a course I want it to go down. Um two, been able to make a record that sounds raw but also quite professional like, you know, it got supported on radio which I'm I'm super fucking grateful for. Um Am I allowed to swear on here, by the way? Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> of course, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come okay, on. Good. That's because, like, I'm used to doing, F like, what, with my radio show on FM radio. You can't swear at yeah. all. So it's like, that's a podcast. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Um, Where was I going? Oh, yeah, two. And then I think three was just, like, the video as well. Like, I haven't done a video for, like, I think three years. Um, And I've got to give a massive shout-out to Liam Oz because, like, we did that in like a day and Liam just like, I think he turned it around in like probably a couple of weeks, but he, we recorded it a day and then like he had to shoot out to, um, he shot out to Mexico actually, cause he was doing some editing work. And then oh went my to God, LA to do some insane. editing work. <laughs> and yeah, I know. And and, and, in, and in like two or three weeks, he'd had it edited, graded, done and it looked so good. And it was like, that's another thing as well. I liked about the videos. Like you get a lot of videos where people are like, you know, they've got the range, They've got the moe they've got a model and it's like bro who are you trying to impress mm-hmm. like like what are you doing i'm just for? i'm just like yeah exactly i you know it's it looks all sparkly and shiny but i'm just literally in this video just walking around and cycling around like just spitting yeah like,
0: that's <laughs> it man raw like normal, you said it? it's... what i'd normally do yeah. yeah it's no you're not faking it like you see a lot of these music videos, it's not anything special. You look at, you know, for most of my, one of my yeah. favorite directors is, um, it's Dave Free and also, okay, the guy that did, he did, uh, Ace Up Rockies, Ace Up Forever. Have you seen that music video? It is, I haven't, no, I un- no, no, no. you You would absolutely love it. It's, it's any music video that has yeah. very, it's uh, Cole Bennett is a big shout out to him too, because all these guys, all the guys people I've mentioned, they take, all of their, un- like, they, they make something completely different. Like, these guys are on another level. It's not money, cars, girls. Okay. Like, yes, it's the stereotype yeah. and cliches. They work, right? If you do a video like that, it's going to work, of course. Yeah. But is it going to have your personal flavor? That's what with your video is straight yeah. up raw. Like you said, with, the, with even the sound, yeah. these engineers that are like, dude, the distortion, like, dude, not. no offense, but like you got to tell yourself, like, no one's going to care. Like, yeah. as a listener, I'm going to be like, like yeah. a casual listener on the radio, oh, this distortion is too much, I'm gonna turn it off. Like no one ever thinks that, no normal mm. person that doesn't do music, right? Yeah. is gonna say that. So I love how you just, you, like you said, you kept it raw. I mean, it was all shot near where you live, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, where I grew up in Wanstead. Um, yeah, and then that's also insane. I think we had a couple of shots, yeah, like around Hackney and, and, and Dalston as well, which is like places I've spent like the past kind of, I don't know, like eight years, just hanging out and chilling and working and whatever. So it's all like places that, you know, I'm I'm always around, like there's a shot at night where we're, we're by the canal and like I cycle down that canal like three or four times a week. And That's amazing. I'm always like around. So I, I wanted it to be like very authentic and like close close to me because, you know, with, with that track, it, I'd like to say like, it, it does kind of reflect me more than maybe the the two singles i put out with luke um i'd say like i know i would know what direction i'm doing with that it's like the hip-hop kind of consciously flow blah 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 but with mayhem i feel like it's like no this is very ryan this is this is pale blue like this is this is who i am i'm not i'm not um putting myself into like the hip-hop kind of mc shoes or like you know, it's 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 about that authenticity, really, which is I think I've I've managed to, after so many years, get yeah. it nailed. So, <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, man, that's beautiful to hear because people spent chasing that edge yeah. for years to find what what really is comfortable for yeah. you. A lot of these mainstream people, these guys that blow up in a few years, in maybe a year, in a year or two, they mm. still don't find their sound. And I was gonna ask, yeah, do you think like what? influence has london shaped upon you where you grew up where you shot these videos what influence that has that had on your personal style user person
1: yeah i think london has has been massively influential on on my sound actually um you know it's quite a, a thing that almost goes like unspoken but i i've my taste is very eclectic as well like i there's not kind of genre of music that i'll like completely dislike unless it's just like you know just gonna give me an earache if it's just like solid like distorted i don't know like gabba techno or something yeah like Like, just that 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 death note like (laughs) i i like all kinds of music there's you know there's there's some genres i like more than others obviously but i've i respect that people are like You know they they make all different kinds of music and i think it's incredible that we live in in a world and a city particularly in london um where there's so many different cultures and so many different influences and so many different factors at play you know politically socially economically that have spawned an abundance of genres and i mean just to give you an idea like how eclectic my taste is you know i i i I spoke about this in in a write-up a couple of weeks ago actually but like I would be driving to school like my sister would be dropping me to school and I'd be listening to like UK Garage and like the streets and like you know like Craig David and UK Funky as well like Mm -hmm. um, Crazy Cousins like she'd just be playing this like that kind of 2000s UKG UK Funky which was like very very big at the time but then also like you know when I was younger than that when I was like less than six or or, and even going up to my fucking teen years as well man like my dad would be playing like the rolling stones and he'd be playing like the beatles and then he'd be playing like you know like 90s trip up bands like portishead Mm -hmm. and massive attack like so so very really eclectic and then like you know my mum that was kind of born in the 50s as well she'd be playing she'd be playing she'd like she likes her pop but you know she likes fleetwood mac as well which is one Mm -hmm. of her favorite bands which is to Fine. this day one of my favorite bands and then also yeah it's like when i was growing up it wasn't like i grew up in a house where music was always playing but if we were like traveling places there will always be a cd in the car and i think um another thing which i've got a shout out my brother here because he started a, a label and that kind of so i grew up listening to bands really and then uk garage and stuff like that but then I remember going to high school and he set up this record label, a drum and bass label. And that kind of got me introduced to like dubstep and drum and bass and, and grime as well. So I wasn't really, didn't really know too much about grime actually growing up. Um, but then also like, you know, like UK hip hop, um, got a shout out like old school people like Chester P skinny man. And then, you know, like the new school, like high focus lot, ocean wisdom loyal Kana as well. doing you know, a great job. Yeah. Um, but then you know a lot of it's, it's it goes all over bro it's crazy it's not just like i can't say to you right now i like this music i like this mm-hmm. i like i like everything i mean you know i've got i've got stuff that i like more like you know I, I love drum and bass i love hip-hop um i love grime i love like kind of indie electronic music um i've got a lot of influences man i yeah. this question always like i'm always like uh, how do I answer yeah. this? No, you, <laughs> like, you
0: have you you get you, know, you get some people where you ask them like I usually have experienced it with girls where you say like oh so what music do you listen to and they're like yeah. oh I listen to everything and then you ask them like a genre and they're like yeah. I don't listen to that and it's like wait like it's like wait a minute, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I, I feel musicians, especially students, we're studying the game like I've noticed it with a lot mm. of people that like, attend our university. We really do and appreciate mm. all types of music. Like you said, I'm like, I like. Even if something's gonna yeah. blast my ears out, I will find probably something that's amusing about it and be like, okay, I see why you like yeah. it. It, yeah. it genuinely is, it's a love for music. It's not a love for that track genre or track. Like we're not just obsessed about hip hop or yeah. pop. It's like we are fans of the whole anything. This music, we get the, we give the thumbs up, and it's amazing. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. You weren't even traditionally into that music. You know, it wasn't even you weren't even grown on it or raised where you guys played a lot of music. It's just sort of you maybe like you said in the car or, you know what your mum, liked with your dad like that's yeah. similar to me it's a weird way how it works you know i got into my music when i was like yeah. 12 13 through fucking
1: gta mm. like it was every yeah, person that's the same yeah gta different. was a big was a big influence on because that's the thing with no honestly i talk about this on radio as well so <laughs> many drum and bass artists they'll say either counter-strike uh, gta or need for speed that's how they mm. got into drum and bass and I still think Shout that's out. crazy how like multimedia. Yeah, there was there was a radio station on GTA Three called MSX FM, mm-hmm. and it was like a pirate drum and bass pirate radio station. And this is like, I don't know when GTA Three came out, that like two thousand and three, two thousand. Yeah, yes. around that time. It's, it's it's old. It's I'm gonna check now, man. Just <laughs> it's just, need, just doing it yourself. Now. 2001, bro. Oh my! I was born that year, bro. That's 20 years ago, bro.
0: Man was just born. Yeah,
1: uh, that's that's. Yeah, that was five. That's when I was five. Okay, I I wasn't playing it when I was five. Yeah, I was playing it when I was like eight or nine. But like (laughs) two, literally, bro. Um, (laughs) but I I remember hearing this radio station MSX FM, and for years I was just like. What what's this music I was like, like really fast i was like what's, mm. what's what is this and then later i grew up to find you know find out uh, about it being drum and bass like when i was when i was in high school mainly but then also i kind of like jungle music was like i'd always hear it i'd hear like that odd track like i'd hear original nutto or, or incredible obviously like incredibles um in ali g um <sighs> And like, I just hear it and I'd be like, what, what is this music? And I was kind of just grew up like having this thing at the back of my mind. Like I kind of know what this music is, but I don't really know. Kind of
0: Pinpoints it, yeah. As I got
1: older, yeah, exactly. It was it's kind of, it was very weird. But as I think I turned, must've been like 13, 14. Um, my brother started this label and started going to raves when I was about 14, 15. I was like, okay, this is this is what this is. And actually go into those raves Um, like I used to, during my GCSEs, I used to pretty much every other weekend, maybe every (laughs) weekend, I I was like, loved going to those raves. Like you'd get a number, you'd pull it up, just there, boom. Okay, yeah, I'm going to Alperton, some place I'd never heard of. Yeah, bro. It was crazy. How did you Because like at that age when you, I know. But at that age, it's like, you're doing your GCSEs, you start a little bit of underage drinking, You can't get into any of the clubs really. Um, So that's what I was doing. But then occasionally as well, when I was 15 or 16, my brother would be running a night. I'd use his ID and get in to the clubs. And then that's how I started kind of performing in clubs and wanted to perform at raves as well. Because I'd be like 15, 16, like MCing at drum and bass raves. And that was, that was, that to think about that now is pretty mad. And to fucking insane, to actually like memorize it. Yeah how I felt at that time I was like I felt I felt very very privileged and like like really humbled to be able to do that um and yeah that was that, it's 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 helped me like throughout my career being a, you know early on kind of getting onto performing or producing as well like bro I went to like um I went to state school normal school but luckily they had like funding from the local government because it was an art school and I had a Mac there. So I was lucky enough to just go to a class with a Mac there. And like a lot of people don't have that. And I know that like just having a room with a Mac in it and logic in it is is like, I was, I remember just seeing that and I was lost. I was there like pretty much every lunchtime. I remember I just like used to go there, I'd eat my food. Sometimes I wouldn't eat. Sometimes I'd just go there and make (laughs) beats and just like, and there for was work, like, there's a couple success. of other people. Was... Yeah, bro. Like, and I like, I'm not gonna lie. Probably all the beats at the time was, they were the shit. But it like matter, man, The fact that I was matter. going there, exactly. The fact that I was going there, like, pretty much every lunchtime, going to make beats, like, just learning about this software, whatever. I think that's that's that kind of drive that I've kept with me, and that's kind of helped me to get to where I need to be, and 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 helped me. You know to this day as well Um yeah man sorry I just went off on a tangent no no
0: no no please <laughs> I encourage that from everyone just to go off on and just you know, express because you, you hear you, you know t- you talk about it that's a u- unique experience but not many people do that in their lives fucking 15 16 you go to these raves mm. like I was gonna ask you what yeah. you think of the whole DNB rave scene especially universities what I've seen is you know yeah. I went, I studied computer science in Birmingham from September twenty nineteen to January yeah. twenty twenty. It was a very short amount of time, but I saw what the culture was yeah. like in the in that you know, DB scene, especially in a place like Birmingham. Yeah. What do you think of this mm. whole scene? Because you know all about it. You know about the music. You know about the fucking drugs. Mm. What do you think about that scene as a whole? What's What's your opinion and take on it
1: now? Um, I think it's still it's it's still great what i think there's there's been like definitely um so if we like kind of rewind nine or nine years ago i think maybe no maybe ten so like 2011 when i 2011 2012 i'd say that was like a new kind of wave of ravers and like a new generation of music as well like of, of drum and bass music and i think we had a similar thing like Three or four years ago, there's it's kind of new generations. There's like a new sound coming, particularly in drum and bass. There's particular sound that's been going around for a while at the moment. It's just people call it the foghorn bass, which is yeah. just kind of like thirty drums and just one, just one note playing like boom. And yes, yeah, cool. Like I like it. But to, to to move away from the music and talk about the scene, I think it's a very it's a very integral part of of British culture. I think um, drum and bass, like grime, like garage, is something that is intensely and one hundred percent British. <laughs> um, and I think it's. I think it's just I think where it comes from as well. It's so many different different cultures. Like you know, it comes from predominantly like Jamaican sound system culture. But um, I think we're starting to see, particularly because of COVID as well, with the raves and stuff like. 2020 the amount of stuff on the news i'd see about you know illegal raves getting shut down because people would put under these restrictions but they still wanted to party
0: yeah.
1: and i think with stuff opening up now there's going to be like another resurgence like there was in the 90s and people you know it's been people have been saying about this in the press and they've been talking to my mates about it but they haven't been able to go out for so long yeah people are just going to want to go out and they're going to want to get into the music and they're just going to they're probably going to love it like, they are yeah. going to love it Cause it's a it's a be- I don't know. Have you been to a drum and race bass race, race yes, before? Yes, I am, like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a it's it's a beautiful thing. A lot of it's not everyone's cup of tea. Don't get me wrong. 100%. A lot of people are like, "This is crazy. The music's too fast. Why is everyone on drugs?
0: Like, <laughs> Why is everyone <laughs> sniffing keys? What the? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> what, what do these keys smell? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just- <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But no, just, you know, aside from aside from the drugs and aside from the drinking and stuff like that, it's just the music. I think it's just like, there's something about being, it's, I was talking to my mate Sean about this the other day. There is something about being in like a dark room, a warehouse, or even at a festival in a tent. And there's like no lights, there's, you know, just lasers. And like having that bass, like literally beating and booming in primal instincts, like, man. It's the only Yeah, exactly. It's the only sound that can kind of travel through your through your body in that yeah. context because of, you know, the that being lower frequencies and, you know, they travel longer distances and it you can actually feel it. That I think is like very much like quite a spiritual and, and meditative experience. I think also like 100%. particularly in the nineties where we had this this suit this boom of um like uh warehouse parties in like old factories and stuff like this i I was watching a documentary a few months ago and it was kind of like this is like where this generation's parents would have been working in this factory and now it's been repurposed into just like sitting and listening to heavy drum and bass or techno music like it's 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 crazy to think about a lot of people would just see it as a very um, not inferior but like oh it's just a bit of fun it's entertainment but it's it's a lot more than that it's mm-hmm. it's you know talking about going back to your original question about the actual drum and bass scene and also just events in general from working in events there's a lot of a lot a lot of work that goes into it like from the sound engineer to the stewards to the security to the people setting up the stages to, you know, managers to, you know, the artist comes last as far as I'm concerned. Like you've got to build these places. You've got to make sure this is staff. You've got to make sure people that come there and go a bit too crazy get looked after by the welfare team. Like the artist comes last. Like the whole events industry has suffered massively because of COVID and because of the government, because, you know, in, in particular different ways, but again, referring back to your original question, the scene is very much still there and it's just been yeah. pushed more underground. And what happens when you push people underground is they're just, they're going to come back like come back 10 up. times bigger and stronger. Yeah. So I'm very excited about this year.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get real with you for a minute. Talking back to the being a meditative experience. I was at love box and mm. a wonderful festival, really, really fun. And uh, we were, I was yeah. we were waiting love, for S- Solange to play. Um, you know, Solange? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And we were smoking. Uh, I was getting pretty fucking high, and we were watching her set. And her set was like mm. a whole choreographed thing. It was like stairs, and mm. it was like a full-on like Broadway show. And I remember because you know when yeah. you, when you do smoke, when you do drugs, it affects your brain in different ways. You unlock different sort of senses. And yeah. yes, I felt that feeling sober before, but when I was high, I really felt like exactly what we are talking about. It is a different. Sensation it surged through your whole body. It is a meditative, and uh, it puts you mm. almost in a trance. Like that is what these events are about. D and B mm. festivals. Like I, I love going. Like we love. We need people need to get that steam out, bro. People are be studying so hard for like, yeah. exams. Like I seen all these people studying medicine, they get fucked up the most. Like I, I, knew this girl that was a pill dealer, and she was like second year in medicine. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell? Because these people yeah. need to let off steam. It's a natural <laughs> human instinct. Yeah. Like, this, is, especially in the DMV scene. Mm. I've been there. I've seen it. People like to go hard. And I understand why. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preventing these people. Yes, it's a lockdown. I understand it's COVID. I'm not against lockdown by any means. But you're going to suffer mm. consequences from these actions. These people want to get out of rage. Yeah. You know, and it's going to happen. Like yeah. you said, you're not going to be able to stop that.
1: You know? yeah i reckon so i think like there's going to be this summer's going to be like a big resurgence like when you know after the 21st of june and fingers crossed everything going to plan it seems on course to be going that way um you know there's there's going to be like a boom and people just want to gonna, gonna go out and want to go out and let steam off um yeah. and like just to go back to your thing like when you was talking about like being at love box and like you know um you know being a little bit high and stuff like that i've been to like a lot quite a few festivals and events and just stayed sober and whatever and even yeah. if you go there sober as well it's just 100 meditative experience yeah you know the drugs just
0: enhance you know anyway. enhance an experience
1: yeah. but i would i would I'd say one thing like going to a drum and bass rave sober is fucking a a amazing experience i've done it i did got, it yeah because you've got everyone around you just like, off their nut, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like,
0: yeah. Like, I, I didn't think I'd have that much fun. I went I went, I, I went, to one, it was, I was Shy FX. Shy FX was in Birmingham. And I was dead yeah. sober, I was cold sober the entire night. Um, I think that was for when I started, like, for, I've been sober now for like, God, like fucking a year and a half, like a long time. Wow. And I think one of the first events I went to that was completely sober was at that event. And 100%, I agree with you, like, it's a vibe. Everyone is so nice. Like, that whole event, and and, you know, the smoking area in in that scene, it was like a whole, it was like upstairs on the balcony. It was like AstroTurf. And it was like all these lights and everyone was super nice, you know, it was, it's a really nice scene. No one's like a dick. And I've never met that many dicks when I've been to like DMV festivals at all. Everyone is, it's very supportive, Mm. very loving. And like you said, even when you're sober.
1: Yeah. it's yes yeah, it's the unity and congrats on the year and a half sober you said thanks so much yeah wow. like literally uh, i'll have a
0: drop of alcohol every now and again but drunk drugs like no no it's yeah been a minute. yeah
1: yeah yeah what what made you do that if you don't mind me asking um i mean i soft i ah, suffered. the tables have turned <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i'm like <laughs> but on the spot
0: right now i was scared but i don't know It was.
1: <laughs> it's the pale blue podcast now <laughs> like i i had a
0: rough phase of smoking weed for a little bit like i smoked when i was quite young i was like 15 sure. 40 15 i smoked at about what 17 18 and that was when i was like i smoked yeah. for a while and i was like it made me feel like shit like the next day i would feel really bad mm. you know and it made like anything that you do and immediately afterwards you feel bad or even the next day you feel repercussions it's most likely not good for you you know it's Take anything that's yeah. good ever. You know, you don't just do it and then the next day you feel bad. Like exercise, really, like, all of this great shit. You don't do that and feel bad afterwards. But like, you see shit like porn, mm. drugs, alcohol. These things can make you feel really bad, and that's why it's for me. Yeah. Sobriety. Like, I'll have the occasional drink, but getting drunk and drugs for right now, my life. No, I'm yeah. good right now. I'm 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 young. I'm still a bit clueless of where which direction I'm going, but I'm staying productive. I'm building my brand. Mm. I'm building me up. And I feel like I'm just my best self when I'm yeah. sober,
1: you know? Yeah, no, that's good to hear, man, because it's, Thanks. you know, it's something that, um, obviously working in events and, and gigging and, you know, playing a couple of shows around Europe and stuff, it's something that, um, you know, I've been very conscientious of as well. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've done like a a stint of a few months of, you know, not drinking. And I'm at a point now where like I do drinking, but, I can see myself cutting down and cutting down and reining it in more and more, and it's. I think it's something that's really massively uh, normalized in, um, particularly I guess like Western cultures. Um, it's almost something that's just like, you know, if if you're there and you're not drinking, people will be like, "What you're not drink? What? Yeah, you're, you're weird." Like, yeah, exactly. Which is, it's very, it's, it's. there's a lot of like a culture of peer pressure around you almost as well, because you feel like obliged to drink or to smoke when you're around people that in that environment. But I think as I've got, as I've got older and, you know, having struggled with drinking when I was, when I was a teenager, I I used to drink every day. So it was, you know, it's something I have struggled with growing up. You become more conscientious of it and you become more conscientious, conscientious of the the repercussions of you know getting too drunk and you know feeling shit the next day whatever it is um but then also like going out and just enjoying a drink with your mates is is great and it's you know the past year i guess it's something i've i've been i've enjoyed doing but you know it's 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 massively a thing where you it's hard to get away from it because if you're always in social situations, like you know, when I'm playing a gig or I'm a, at an event or I'm at a festival or whatever, it's always around you, and it's 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 crazy to to try and avoid it. It's it's almost impossible. So uh, mm. yeah, good on you man. you, man. Thanks so much. I no, I agree with
0: you. It's like it's very difficult to stay out of it. You know, drinking, drugs, like yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I think it was stuck on my hand. Um, Drinking and drugs, like it's really easy. It's very easy to smoke and 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 yeah. you know drink, and, and it's escapism for people. It takes you out of the world, and it's it, your problems go away for a little while. And anything yeah. that's really easy to do, sometimes isn't good for you. Drinking and drugs and all this shit, like yeah, absolutely, you, you can do it in moderation. But you see, I, my friends in America, and you know, smoking weed is very normal out there. Hmm. For me, I abused it, and yeah. I, I faced those repercussions. Like when you abuse something when you come back to it, you realize that how to use it in a right way, that could be for anyone that suffered with any addiction. Obviously there are some things you don't ever want to come back to, but in a situation like drinking and like you said, with, you know, with you, you, you abused it and and now, but now you're back and you enjoy the drinks with your friends. You can appreciate that now.
1: Yeah, I do. I I, don't get me wrong. I'll still go out and drink too much and be like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, drink too much. But, but, but before I was at a point, I was just like, that doesn't even mean anything. Like I can go out and get fucked up. or feel shit the next day. Oh, that's fine. But now I'm like, I'll get fucked up and drink. And then the next day I'll be like, oh shit, I, I should have, you know, I shouldn't have drank that much. I could, yeah. you know, I'm just a lot more yeah. conscious of it. And as when you get to that point, the easier it is to, to do stuff in moderation. And the easier it is to just be conscientious of, you know, like any substance or anything that's like, has kind of, addictive tendencies towards it, whether it's like, you know, um, sex or drugs or, you know, food or going to the gym as well. Like you can, that you can get addicted to that. I know people that get addicted to that. It's just like, you need to be conscious of that. People easily just, you know, guide their energy into like one specific thing. And you know, that, that, that can be good. But then, you know, you get to a point where it's, that has control over you. And it's like, "Mm, do you really want that?
0: I think it was Andrew Schultz yeah. and Joe Rogan. You, you familiar with the two? I well,
1: know Joe Rogan. I don't know. Andrew yeah. Schultz, Andrew He's a Schultz, Schultz.
0: really, really funny comedian. Shout out to him. And they did. They, I was just watching one yeah. of the f- first, post, first podcast they did. And they spoke about that, that mm. going to being addicted to the gym, doing these things, like filling the void. Let's say mm. like, you, there are things you can be addicted to. Yeah in both spectrums, but you know, one is significantly better than the other. You know, like being addicted to the gym, there are much worse yeah. things you can yes. be addicted to. Like I think for like two weeks, oh, I was sure, yeah. once addicted to the gym. Like it was, I started the yeah. gym in September, I believe it was September, 2017. And I've now stopped going to the gym. I stopped okay. lifting like earlier this year. But um, so yeah. that, like that time f- from November, 2017 to like, f- like yeah, December maybe. So that, that, that just maybe one or two month mm. period, I was completely addicted to the gym. I would have to go five days a week. It would not, it'd be inexcusable because yeah. it's like, that's the thing you're running off. Like you're on, you're on such a adrenaline high, you're seeing results. And it always, in the beginning of things, you love it. It's the beginning of things, you know, it's some people's favorite things, yeah. but it's a toxic trait. You know, you like like take someone like yourself, yeah. you're an established musician, you're, you're an established artist. You've got so many traits, you've been in the game for a long time. Compared to uh, someone that's new, they don't understand what it's like to do it for a while and mm. to keep, you know, strong and keep staying on track. Like, do you think? Yeah. What What difference do you see yourself like from now and when you like started that sort of amateur phase? Like, do, what's it? What maybe in your mindset
1: changed, comparing the, the two sides? <laughs> I mean, I'm drinking an alcohol free <laughs> if I was doing this. If I was doing this six years ago, I would have been on my third beer now. Get the load of this guy I'm like (laughs) not taking this seriously. It's good, Heineken, Heineken Blue. Yeah, it's nice actually. Um, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think yeah. I guess like when I first started out, I, I I got I I worked hard and. I was given um opportunities from people seeing that i was working hard and i've always had a very strong work ethic um always like i don't like just get getting given handouts like it's just like that's that's not a thing if i if i get given an opportunity i'm i'm like i know that i've kind of worked or i've proven to someone to get that and if if i see that i haven't i kind of question it because i'm like why are you doing this for me what do you what do you want from me and there is that kind of also in the music industry there is that thing that's like you scratch my back i scratch yours type thing and i'm depending on who it is it can be a good thing but i think like work hard working hard and like pure talent is is like you know what has, has has driven me to get to the point i'm at and i think when i was younger i knew that i worked hard and i knew that i was talented but I was quite arrogant about that. I'd, I'd gloat about it, and I'd be quite like, you know, hedonistic. Like I'd just be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm great." I had, you know, when I was 18, I was I was playing um, at at quite a few events. I, I had a residency at um, a club I played there once a month called XoYo. Um, I'd play like house sets there, and I'd get a bottle of vodka, and I'd be the typical like dickhead DJ. I'd just like get fucked up want to go and like you know draw a girl and then like you know that kind of shit and want to get drugs and get on the coke and stuff like that whatever and like you know i've that's not what i do anymore like it's it's not what i'd want to do like um when i was younger as well like these events there's there's i'm not gonna be honest with you you're surrounded by cocaine and i haven't done cocaine since july last year and it's one of the best decisions Um, i've made in my life um yeah and like it's something i'm very transparent about this stuff i i grew up in in a family where it was it was bad to be transparent about this stuff and you had to be kind of you know you've got to hide that you know you're going to do drugs or like yeah. you, you're staying out or something like that and it's it's quite weird that i grew up in that environment and and where i'm at now is like you know i'm transparent with it like so i'd say yeah the way I've changed is like I've I'm I'm a lot less wild now. Like when I was younger, I was like fucking ruthless, yeah, yeah. just arrogant, great, yeah. just yeah, like just yeah, a bit of a bit of a dick. Um, but then you know I I saw that people had a certain view of me from acting like this, and then I still think about those times now. Um, and you know it's. I don't kind of regret any of it any of it because if i hadn't you know done the whole arrogant superstar dj act i wouldn't have been able to 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 get where i'm at today like i wouldn't be able to say that i've gone through that and i've you know i'm i'm someone different now and but those experiences experiences have shaped me um i'd say i'm a lot more collaborative now when I was younger I was just like quite selfish and slightly self obsessed and bit you know, want to do everything myself and I was like i will do it my way. But now I happily like work with people and I enjoy working with people now actually. Like um Luke Glacier who I mentioned earlier, we we work really well together. Um got a shout out my boy Cords as well. He's he's like a he's like a mentor as well. And and going back to um what you were just saying about, you know, what's changed in this time. I think having someone like Chris Kords, um has been like massively helpful. Having you know someone that you can call like a best friend and a mentor, and that someone that puts their faith in you and and sees you know the kind of talent and potential um, in you is having that is really really important, particularly in music because it's it's so tough, and having those kind of role models to like aspire to be and aspire to you know collaborate with or, or whatever it is it is is really really important um so yeah i think you know it's a mixture of changing my behavior becoming more you know humble and and self-conscious and and having yeah like you know role model, being surrounded by role models and better people i don't think i was surrounded by the best people when i was like you know 18 or 19 Mm -hmm. i was i was surrounded by people that were were like me that at that time they were you know like arrogant quite narcissistic like you know that wanted to be the the public image musician like you know the social media influencer type thing and then i just i just grew out of that man because that that shit's fucking bullshit like that's that is that is everything that's wrong with music like the it's going back to what we we started this conversation with daniel which is like about authenticity mm-hmm. it's like people like that are not authentic and they the worst thing is they try and make out that they're being authentic by being a dick mm. by talking about the money and the drugs and the girls and all of this you're not that's that's what every what any other dick is going to be talking about like talk about like sing or spit or even just make music that's about what you've been through what what what's happened to to you in the world like what 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 have you got to to speak about what story have you got to tell not a story that is has been recycled over and over for the past like 10 20 years you know like yeah. it's yeah i hope i hope that's a good enough answer yeah. you no
0: you i don't know like the people that i gravitate to the most are the most honest people you know my my mentors yeah. like Jordan Peterson Gary Vaynerchuk like Terry Crews mm. The Rock these guys on and off the camera are just them and you know that like because of the community because of the family yeah. you know it like you you know these guys don't lie you know these mm. guys don't just chat shit like if they ever do make a mistake they're very yeah. honest about it like another person is Justin Baldoni mm. these guys are all and it, it's weird because even in my life right now when I give that list sometimes people say why are there no women in that there's, I don't know what it is It's something mm. about I haven't made that connection With a, a female you know, c- Celebrity or icon I don't know whether it's because I've not been around for as long Or it's something about Because you look at the female icons today The people that are in social media And absolutely popping I'm not calling shade at all It's all love You know me and my platform It's I'm never hating on anyone But right now in this culture You get a lot of weird shit you know, you get a lot of sex cells. You get a lot of, you know, people on Twitch right now. You know, you're familiar with Twitch, the live streaming platform?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The most popular people on there are hot tub streamers, bro. Like, they're literally just, like, in a bikini, like, violating all the terms and services of Twitch and making a lot of money. And mm. I think that's the thing, because with, with, at least for men, what I've seen on Instagram, it's not as prominent. Like, I don't know, I, don't, I feel like men, I see that and it's not as popular. So that might be one of the reasons why there's not a female icon that I gravitate towards to. You know, is there anyone, what's your opinion on that?
1: um, I think there's a lot of um, female role models in the world. I think um, they are not as glorified as men are because we live in a patriarchal system where men get the limelight. And if women have a particular view, they are painted as... You know being Mm. abnormal which which is completely wrong um i think also what you were just talking about you know the hot tub thing i think a lot of that has is down to men sexualizing women and that's why we've got to this point i don't think it's you know their their fault at all Mm. i mean you know there's there there is a there's a lot of role models in in all genders and all sexes and and Mm. and 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 you know like also you're you're probably just gonna say this because your experiences and your influences are within a particular bubble and they're within your kind of bubble and mm. you know like obviously mentioned jordan peterson and you know he's he's a very controversial person but like you know i've, I've read his book as well um he gets like a bad rap but he's he is also massively a provocateur like he he says a lot of shit just to get a reaction mm. but i think there are a lot of um a lot of female role models i can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head she is the um she is the uh, T- zara zara Sulta- sultana mm. i can't remember her name she is an mp yeah zara sultana so she's a labor mp and i think she's the the youngest labor mp for for labor and she she does kind of a lot of yeah she's 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 incredible um we need like more women like her in in politics and just also in the world just like she's very kind of forward thinking she talks about very kind of like thought-provoking stuff um but i think also like just to go back to your point there's taking kind of gender and and sex out of this there's a lot of um there's a lot of people that are bad role models in you know across across the board like you know we it's it's easy to kind of get caught up within your own bubble and just you know just see that you know your role models are only only male yeah yeah. but then again you're a male as well so you're going to look to, to male role models the same way you know females are going to look to female role models like mm-hmm. it's that's just the way it is yeah
0: <laughs> like uh, yeah i'm not i don't want it to come across like i'm just like sexist like i don't want it to come across that at all like it's uh, a qua- yeah yeah it's a quality. it always is like my role my female role, role models in my life yeah my mom my sister my grandma my grandmothers mm. you know these people are, you know my generation my just my Grandparents were the ones that came to the UK, everyone apart from that, like they were the first people. Everyone else, you know, actually even they, they left Iran because of the war. You know, my uncle, I sp- I've spoken about it, I think mm. in one of in all my podcasts, um, uh, my uncle Shah Shahram, he fled Iran because of the revolution, went to Sweden, got his dentistry license, like he he to in Sweden with no money. Started working, got his dentistry license, mm. came to the UK, made a living. You know, my family's just the next lineup for me with incredibly hard workers and people Mm. like my mom, my grandmothers, some Mm. of the strongest people I know in my life, like definitely they shape who I am today. But I think like you said, maybe it's just because I'm a male and these people that when it comes to public influences and you know, maybe that's one of the reasons I think, like you said, once you have that.
1: I think, I think in, yeah, no, I think, I think in, in, in the media, we, there is a lot, there's a disproportionate amount of male role models to female role models and i don't know exactly why that is um i think some of it's down to like i said patriarchal system that we live in which i think is quite broken and not reflective of um the global culture now like as as a world it's not you know there's it's it's based off a system like hundreds and thousands of years old but you know we've got like female prime ministers in yeah. um New Zealand all over Europe and like yeah. yeah like there's and there's you know take um what's her name the the prime minister in New Zealand I don't I actually don't know her name but she's a badass I she's forgot really her cool. name yeah but like exactly yeah like she is I would say she is probably the most competent and like <laughs> calm world leader I've ever yep. seen and I've only seen her like a bag full of times um like there's we don't have like competent a lot of (coughs) men that are in positions of power are so incompetent Um, i'm not saying any names on the
0: stream on the podcast today but
1: you guys can put that into your own heads jacinda Jacinda arden her name is jacinda arden that's an awesome name um but you know like the way she dealt with coronavirus has been like crazy like that's like the one spot I wish I was in New Zealand right now because that's Mm. the one spot in the world where raves are still going off South Korea is really good too as well now and yeah I mean but also do you remember the Christchurch shooting when that guy ran up in a mosque and just shot bare people the way she dealt with that was spectacular Hmm. we have systems in you know the states and over here where you have an attack like that and then our leaders are like, yeah, we're out for blood for these people now, Like, mm-hmm. these guys will be held accountable, blah, 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 blah. Like, I didn't get that from her. I didn't get that from her. She was just like, what she was focused on was the well-being of those affected by it. Whereas you get like an attack in the UK or something like that, all the leader wants to talk, they just want to throw shade at the people, mm-hmm. the perpetrators. And they'll be like, the heart, our thoughts are with the family. But it's like the same scripted BS. It's like, mm. nah, man. Like There is there's something like very, very, very wrong with... Do you know what? go back to your question as well, I think it's to do with the, the democratic system, why we mm. don't see enough like female role models. But I think the way that things are changing and progressing, we're going to see a lot more of that. We're going to see more yeah. Jacinda Ardern. We're going to see more Zara to- Sultanas. And I'm excited to see that because... I've I think women in, are very competent they're a lot more competent than men Men can be <laughs> yeah. incredibly incompetent like they can be like yep. anyway
0: yep. listen you need a perfect balance man you need it's a it's quality man we're gonna be fighting for that for a long time for it to really get to quite an even point mm. uh you know some people's term of feminism is women oh I'm sure you've seen this bro but it's like Twitter It's so fucked up, right? I I remember I went on Twitter one time and I saw hashtag cancel men. What the fuck? Like, what do you say to that? Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, you see, it's straight up oppression. It's Mm. sexism towards, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, it's a weird thing, bro. Like, that scares me. Because it's like, you guys, it's like, these these, these women are not looking at the right thing. It's like, you're fighting the opposite Mm. of what you want. Like, feminism fundamentally is about Mm. equality for all it's not one is better than the other it's, it's equality mm-hmm. for everyone but like, there's a little sub-genre of feminism where it's like oppressing against men and it, it's a very very fine line mm-hmm. it scares me because i want more equality we all want that you see more and more women are getting get into business these stem subjects because now it's being welcomed by everyone because we the reason why i think yeah. you and me are incredibly different from our parents and this is for everyone out there it's because we have the internet man we have these people that we look up to and, and information that we can see this if we didn't yeah. have that we, I don't think we'd be that much different but the mm. fact that we're so different like yeah. with me and my other family like it's no shade but it's just a completely different surrounding and like I said you like you said with yourself it's it's the same with you
1: mm. yeah for sure i think also it's easy to get caught up in these these things like you know and there there men do get a bad rap as well um you know there's been there's been various things over the years that have meant have have given um people you know ammunition to just fire shots at men but the thing is people will complain about any kind of shit anywhere and people love to generalize a stereotype and uh, like all the time at the end of the day as long as you like you know what is is true and you know what should be fair and you're kind of practicing that in your life then yep just keep doing what you're doing like we should be all aspiring for equality we should be all aspiring for you know like little things like women having equal pay to men like that's not even a little thing that's a big big thing i I misspoke there like why is that even a thing this is why this is why you get people that are so angry and frustrated i think because you know again going back to when we were talking about like drinking something that's bad for your health like that is causes thousands of thousands of deaths each year it's, it's it's normalized the gender pay gap it's normalized this is why you get people that are pissed off because mm. we shouldn't be in this position and there are people in position of power that are still literally upholding this agenda where you know and it goes back to this kind of weird patriarchal system that we live in whereas these like bunch of rich white dudes that just want to keep shit their way and 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 put you know keep their fingers in all the pies and have their hands in everyone's pocket and be able to look up boris johnson this past week for fuck's sake he's spending loads of money on refurbishing a flat and like no one's really there people have started trying to hold him accountable but what are they gonna do i don't know i hope this guy gets fucking sacked man everyone's everyone's
0: wondering whether that's gonna be the next thing if he's gonna get out
1: yeah exactly moment. I don't know but like then you know I think the whole kind of um, I think the bipartisan politics we have just doesn't work I think there are more cooperative democratic systems in you know for for example Denmark or, yeah, or Finland where the parties work with each other yeah the actually Finland isn't a Scandinavian country oh, you, just, you just got <laughs> me my on air yeah, thanks is, mate Appreciate yeah. that. Well, my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend's Finnish, and mm. she got me as well. So mm. it's all right. yeah. it's cool. You're but, not coming back. But here, anyway, buddy. I digress. <laughs> I, digress. <laughs> I digress. But I think countries like that have more of a a better model. But, you know just, just a better political pol- political model because people cooperate with each other even if you don't agree with them you know you co- cooperate with each other and there's a lot of these like you said Scandinavian and, and Nordic countries that there's you know like Finland's the happiest place to live in the world like Denmark I think is the second happiest place and that that is due to a number of different reasons but I think ultimately it comes down to you know their, their political system and, and the way that they kind of run things and where we live in the uk and like america for example it's so polarized that there is no people just want to think that side or that side yeah people left don't right. a lot of people anyway not everyone exactly yeah left world I don't even think it's that. I think it's just like, it's more factional now. Like, you know, the Tories or Labour because I wouldn't say Labour is much of a left party anymore. I'd say it's probably quite Mm. right-leaning. And, you know, the the left gets such a bad rap and, you know, the right gets such a bad rap. But at the end of the day, there's things from each side that we can take which work. Some of them don't work. And I think the biggest problem right now is that we live in a, you know, a, a right wing capitalist society. And it's not, you know, it's not fascist, it's not heavily right, it's, mm. you know, center right. But we have a system of capitalism which is unbridled, which means that there's no caps on anything, which means people can keep hemorrhaging money and hemorrhaging money and then and then throwing it into an offshore bank account.
0: And that's a big problem. How is that, I, that's still
1: okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly and it's and then you'll come up against someone that's like oh yeah well they've worked hard to get up to that point yeah you've worked hard but you know there's like there's got to be a point where we start saying hang on we need to you're making billions of pounds and you're not paying tax like and we're living in a system of like where austerity has been implemented in the past 10 years and you know back in the 90s and the 80s before that it was it was just as bad it's just like a resurgence of that kind of thing and you just kind of think to yourself why are people okay with this and why is it that so many working class voters are okay with this but do you like these people need to get into their head do you really think that guy in a suit with italian shoes on with a fucking offshore bank account in panama really cares about you like working a nine-to-five and you're still going and voting for them i just don't understand but then again why would you go and vote labor because the you know keir starmer is a fucking tory in disguise Mm. jeremy corbyn was like a good prospect whether he was able to like you know lead or anything he got completely ripped apart by the press anyway what what um what have you got to choose and that's why you get people voting like you know lesser of two evils like that it really is. People get in the
0: exactly. in, in, People get in the, in the in the routine of voting for the certain type of people because their family did it. Because obviously they're gonna look in the papers and the media, be like, oh, okay, they say this shit. Boom. They, I, I watched the podcast with Alex Jones and Joe Rogan, and they said they should. Social media needs to be put mm. into the law, right? Because this election meddling. If you go on Twitter and you post something about Donald Trump, mm. in, 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 in not even a negative, in, in, in not even a positive way, even if you're neutral, setting a fact, like it was the one, of the White House attorneys posted a new york times link to donald trump ban off twitter mm. these big guys should not at all oh, wow. be meddling and deleting with this shit you cannot be deleting about what if someone is pro trump you can't be deleting that because you have to keep it open so people can discuss mm. so you can get on there and be like oh why do you think like that what is it what is this uh, what is this reason yeah. why you agree with him and then okay what about vice versa why do you want to vote for biden or that shit in the uk in the us it needs yeah. to be open discussion. It's, it's I think it's just, just a
1: massive part of it's yeah. Yeah. It's, but do you know what it is more than anything? It's just like cancel culture. Oh, yeah,
0: it's fuck just that. like, stupid.
1: You, yeah, exactly. It's like you said something I don't like, or I disagree with, so you can shut the fuck up. It's yeah. like, and the, the worst thing is as well, a lot, you know, you, you do see a lot of it come from like the left. I mean, maybe that's just like what we see. But yeah. If it's just the, like the left calling out, I think it's what we see, bro. Fair enough, definitely. So, yeah, exa- exactly. But um, the the worst thing is, it's just like it's just kind of so contradictory of, of democracy. Like it's it's you know it's sensory. It's it's like you know we're meant to have like, free and fair elections, and we're meant to have, but then you want to say, oh, I can't see that. Yeah. It's bullshit, bro. If you got to, it's it's accepting
0: all, it's loving all, or we all have an equal chance to talk about shit. It's always about love. Love is the most, one of the most important things. It is the most important thing. And when you see election meddling, when you see cancel culture, it's against everything. At the end of the day, people will gravitate towards you if you're a kind and honest and caring person because those fundamental values is what a lot of like. For example, for me, I, I like religion. I like religion quite a lot because nearly all the religions preach just be a good person you know there will be consequences if you're not Yeah. and you will get that right but just be a good person give back like mm. paying tax is just a thing that you have to do legally like it's just a fun like you just should do it like not doing it is unethical and being unethical is not a nice feeling regardless of how much of a high you're on it's gonna fucking come and get you like the old testament god in christianity was a mean motherfucker this guy's gonna get you And I think that's how it is. If you do bad things in life, if you treat people badly, if you are not giving back at all, if you're just this fuck on the high horse, not ever having any friends giving back, you will get what's coming to you. You will. Yeah. It's it's only a matter of time.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, man. I agree with you 100%. It's karma's a bitch, is the best way I could coin that, what you just said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man. That's it
0: listen uh, it's been an honour being here with you you know we're going to do it hot one style you have one minute to plug anything yeah. and everything give a shout out to whoever's <laughs> helped you go
1: take it away yeah cool um, alright well yeah plug wise I guess you can catch me on represent radio every second Tuesday of the month 9pm to 11pm um, I'm not going to talk too much about what I'm putting out next Um is it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i've 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 kind of found my musical identity a lot more now um shout outs wise i want to shout out um my boy chords from ram records my fucking big brother i want to shout out um mike copper he's one of my best mates wicked guitarist as well want to shout out the boys at um eastern edge studios that's tom luke my brother kyle sean jack the whole gang, smashing it with the animation and stuff. Um Shout out to Luke Glacier as well. Fucking sick guy. And yeah, man, I think I think that's it. My circle's small. Yeah, no, that's beautiful thing, <laughs> man. Round
0: two, we're gonna get into all those depths about uh, the events and all of your inner circle chords as well. All of these yeah, people I would love to hear more about. But man, it's been an honor having you on here. One of my favorite podcasts that I've done so far, man, for sure. We, we go deep, we go deep, we had a lot of fun
1: yeah man it's a pleasure thank you daniel i appreciate it thank you
0: everyone god bless appreciate you all uh take care